You are listening to Blessed and Bossed Up, presented by Anchored Media, an entrepreneurship podcast for Christians all about how to make God the CEO of your business. Get ready to be inspired, challenged, but well-equipped to live and build your destiny his way. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Blessed Embossed Up podcast. I'm really excited about this series that we have going on. This is called the Powerhouse Series. If you guys have been listening long enough, back in, I think, December, I did a few episodes on powerhouses because I feel that there are a lot of powerhouses that are called to the Blessed Embossed Up platform. And I believe that there's this misconception that in order for you to be a powerhouse, you have to already have this huge following and you have to have, let's say, a podcast that reaches all of these people or whatever. You have to have this huge brand. And I believe that's absolutely false. Like you're a powerhouse because you're somebody who is called by God and that you're doing his work in the earth. And so many people even devalue themselves or try to take away from the powerhouse that they are because they don't see themselves the way that God sees them. And so I've been able to meet through the tour, through the retreats that we do, through just meeting people in person, a lot of powerhouses who are connected to this platform. So I wanted to take the opportunity and utilize my platform to help elevate others who are really doing things of God who may not have a platform as big as Blessed and Bossed Up. And I'm so excited about the guest, the powerhouse that we have on this episode, Miss Faith Camille Shamley, the whole government, (laughs) (laughs) the whole entire government. Thank you so much for being on the show. I'm so happy to have you. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. It's going to be great. Yeah, absolutely. So let me tell you guys about Faith. I met Faith. You did a video, right, to get the free VIP ticket for the Mm -hmm. tour. Yep. So she did that. She won the ticket. And so a part of the tour, when you were VIP, we did like brunch. So we did breakfast, brunch, whatever, before the tour started. Mm -hmm. And I remember talking to you and I was just like (laughs) in awe. (laughs) And like you were just talking, like you were not doing anything necessarily special. You were just talking (laughs) and we were all just having a conversation. And I was like. Who is this? And, and, and how old are you? I'm 19. Yes. And so I remember you were saying that at that time you were getting ready to go to Hampton. Yeah. And you just graduated, right? I just graduated high school. Just graduated high school. I was like, who is this girl? Like, huh? I was really so stuck because I was just so impressed by you. And it's not that me being impressed matters, but I was just so taken aback because through talking to you, you just represented for me who I wish I was at your age. And I remember being a senior in high school, a junior in high school, God was pulling on me. I got saved in high school and I knew that God was calling me to do great things and that this was the path I was supposed to be on, but I didn't have the, I guess you would call it fortitude. I don't know. I just didn't have whatever it is to be able to stay the course. So I would start going to church, start getting involved, say that I was going to do this. I got my teen Bible, 
But then I always went back. And it wasn't until years and years later that I started to become the person I am now. But just talking to you just made me think like, man, I wish that I stuck it out back then, like you just represented who I wish I was at your age. And I think I remember asking you like, man, your parents must be so proud of you because I was just so impressed by how spiritually mature you were, how sure you were and who God called you to be and your commitment to living that out in era where that's just so different for people your age, where it's so easy to go back to the things of the world because that's what I did. And it was way less. I mean, social media, we had what, like Black Planet and MySpace when I was like 18. (laughs) Oh my God. You don't know what Black Planet is? Oh my God. I feel so old and I'm not even old. So anyway... (laughs) No, a quick history lesson. Go Google Black Planet, okay, so you know what's going on. Before the shade room, it was uh, media takeout and like hotghettomess.com. This was the stuff that we had going on. Wow, well, okay. I'm upset that you don't know that these are things. (laughs) (laughs) That is so funny. But anyway, like it was way less influence yeah there weren't as many influences because technology and social media back then just wasn't what it is now and so just looking at you I'm always just stuck and then you wanted to start a podcast you came to the retreat I was like dang and she invested herself too like she really out here doing stuff (laughs) every time I see you or talk to you I'm just like stuck but nevertheless, like, have you always been like that? Because there are a lot of people twice your age that are still struggling with that level of building a relationship with God or that commitment to his plan for their life. No, I have not always been like this. I did grow up in church from the day I was born, but I never had a relationship with God. I never started my journey. I never started my walk until about my freshman year in high school, my second semester is when I really started my walk with God. But before then, I would go to church and I would just look around. I would see people worshiping and being like, I don't really see the big deal about, like, I wouldn't really feel it. And even though I went to church per se, I wasn't really like the stereotypical church girl, you know? And what caused me to really pursue My relationship with God was reaching a breaking point in my life. Like I said, back in my freshman year in high school, and I was in a toxic relationship. I lost pretty much all my friends that I had, and all I had to rely on was God. And that's how the whole entire journey started. That's interesting. So how did you end up in a toxic relationship as a freshman? (sighs) And what made you click to say, I'm going to turn to God and not... I'm going to be out here in these streets. <laughs> right. Okay. Ooh, what led to the toxic relationship? Okay, let's go back. So I always had, I wouldn't say always, but starting in middle school, you know, when you start to like guys a little bit more and everybody's starting to be a little fast and whatnot, <laughs> um, that's when I started like my journey of just doing too much with guys, you know? And I would talk to a bunch of guys and I really had like this obsession with them, but in an unhealthy way. And at the time as well, like you said, with social media and all those things, it's so easy for us to be exposed to things of sexual 
impurity, lustful things, all that. Like that's all I would see down my timeline. So those seeds were planted and with the relationship in my freshman year, we kind of just met, you know, we always went to school together, but we started talking and from there, one thing led to another and I ended up losing my virginity to him, which completely broke me. It was okay before then, but after that, because just when you have sex before marriage, that opens up a whole entire can of worms that mm-hmm. most of us are not ready for, really any of us aren't ready for. That just started so much. That brought up the worst in me. That brought up the worst in him. So many things were happening around school, like rumors spreading and all that. It was terrible and it was a mess and the relationship got really, really toxic. And it wasn't until I went on a youth retreat, my mom, she kind of knew what was going on. Well, she didn't know exactly, like she didn't know that I lost my virginity and all that, but she could see like I was stressing out a lot. I wasn't myself. And so there was a youth retreat coming up at our old church. She suggested that I go. And I ended up saying, okay, this is probably going to be something that I really need to go to because I'm going through a lot right now. At this point, I completely forgot God even existed. Like I wasn't even thinking about him. I was like, okay, this is a good time for me to tap back in to God. I knew enough about him that he was the savior of so many people and that he rescued so many people from their mess. So I was like, okay, who know God might do that for me. And so... I went on the retreat on complete faith that God was going to do something amazing. And it's actually funny because on the first day of the youth retreat, I remember going to the church. We were about to leave and we were loading up the buses and all that. And my boyfriend and I, we ended up kind of just going on a break. He was like, I think we should stop talking for this weekend. You need to focus on the retreat. And I kind of need a break, too, because we were arguing so much. And it was really bad and toxic. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, okay, you know, you're probably right. I shouldn't be sitting here arguing back and forth with you on a church with you. Like, that's not even productive. So that was kind of cut off for that weekend so I could really focus on God. And that weekend completely changed my life. And that's where I realized, okay, I have to completely let go of this relationship. We can't do the break stuff. We can't do the pitter-patter nah, like I just have to completely cut this out because this is a toxic thing in my life. And if I really want to continue on with my relationship with God and grow, I have to cut off the dead weight and the things that are holding me back. So that's where I made that decision. Let me pause there real quick because your generation is one that is very special and that I believe from a leadership perspective that we should really work to capture because I'm a millennial, you're Generation Z. Mm -hmm. And people love to talk about millennials, but we're getting old for real, okay? And uh, Generation Z are really the ones who are setting the trends and things of that nature right now. Like I remember life very clearly without the digital influence. Like I went outside and did things, you know what I'm saying? I was in college when Instagram came out. And like I said, we were on like Black Planet and MySpace. And Black Planet, we was coders for real because with Black Planet, you had to create templates and it wasn't like what it is right now, even Mm -hmm. when it started coming around back then. So from a leadership perspective, what I'm curious about is what did 
the retreat that you go to do to cultivate an environment that allowed you to be able to build on the God that you were familiar with enough so to then be obedient and leave a situation that wasn't for you. Like that's something big that we as leaders and those who are listening to this show can really take and apply to how we're doing God's work. Wow. Yes. So that retreat, what made it so amazing was they had worship, they had services, right? Where Mm -hmm. they had to get speakers come. The worship was amazing as well. Just being in the presence of God was so important because that set the tone for the whole entire weekend. We would have worship in the mornings, in the afternoons, and also at night. So that was an all-day thing. But the true changing point for me was when we broke out into our small groups. So at this retreat, it's like 700 students, but they put it in place to have, I forgot what it was called, but basically it's where you break out into small groups of seven to 10 people, super, super small and intimate. And they also have leaders that they train, small group leaders and people who work at the church or different volunteers who they know have that relationship with God that they can trust to pour into the youth. And so it would be like seven to 10 students and a couple leaders. And that is where we were able to talk about different things that we were going through, because a lot of times you go to these big events and conferences and things like that. And there's not really a touch of intimacy because it's just so many people. But us breaking out into groups and talking about the things that we were going through and being poured into by the older generations who have been where we were, and they really weren't that far from our age. They were like Mm -hmm. in their 20s, 30s, so they could still relate to us in some ways. That was the true changing point for me personally, where I was able to talk about my relationship and just get their advice and hear what they had to say and what God had to say about the situation. And what made you feel comfortable to be able to open up in those groups? I would say... We didn't start off like super, super deep, you know? Okay, okay. And this is something I've learned as well for my ministry because my ministry is kind of a small group style as well. But you have to build that comfortability and trust with people. You can't just start off like, okay, so what's all your problems? Tell me what you're going through and mm-hmm. tell me your deepest, darkest secrets. Like, nah, we played games, we had snacks, we had good food, we had opener questions, and we slowly worked our way into that. Got it. Yeah, I'm taking notes because I think that this stuff that you're saying is extremely important, mm-hmm. like I said, for leaders. Yeah. And it just further shows kind of how, as generations go on, how more people are pulling away from the religious structures and systems and this rigid rule book that everybody has to follow and more so really making God human and showing that God is a God that likes to have fun. He has a sense of humor, like he loves our quirks. We don't have to become this robot in order to be acceptable in his eyes. So I'm taking notes because I think that's really important for all of us who are leaders to just be real. And as we're doing the things of God, just to create an environment where people could be themselves. So I like that. I took that as a note for myself. (laughs) So yeah, go ahead, continue. So after you left the retreat, Mm -hmm. you ended that relationship. So then how did you continue to build on your personal relationship with God? 
it was kind of hard for me because at the time I was still dancing a lot and I was a part of a dance company. So I wanted to go to that church's weekly youth services that they had every Wednesday, but I couldn't because I had dance class on Wednesday. And so during that time, I was like, okay, I know I'm not going to be connected in person to the church per se, but what can I do during this time so that I don't fall off? Because I've been to previous youth retreats and I've been on fire, but I fell off and Mm -hmm. that fire was gone. Because that just happens when you go to an event or something and you're on fire, forgotten all that stuff, the fire is going to burn out. That's just going to happen. So what are you going to do when the fire burns out and when life hits and when you back in school and you back in toxic situations and all these people around you, what are you going to do? So mainly what I started off with was incorporating worship. So whenever I would go through something, because it was still really hard at school. I mean, I went to school with my ex and there was just so much drama happening. So I would worship a lot. I would also watch sermons and study the scriptures attached to them. I would do different Bible plans on the Bible app. That's something that the youth church, we did a lot. And I was also connected to a few people that got put in my life to really pour into me and to mentor me when it came to the things of God. That's where I really got close with my spiritual big brother. His name is Darius, which I'll talk about later. And I was still connected to the small group at the church. We had a group me and they always sent encouraging things and scriptures and all these tips with getting closer to God. So that's how I started to grow. That's so awesome. I'm writing another note is to when we're having these events and things like that, just making sure that we're not just motivating people, but we're yeah. giving people practical things that they can continue after they leave whatever space we've curated. Yeah. So this is, I'm really pulling out these gems <laughs> because There's just so much. I think a lot of times we devalue listening to people that are younger than us. I don't really look at you as that much younger than me for whatever reason, uh, until you say stuff like you don't know what Black Planet is. And I'm like, okay, hold on. But, (laughs) But I know for me, as I was growing in God and curious about building a relationship with God, I felt that a lot of people who were in older generations weren't really that receptive to me. Like for a while, I was like, yo, what's going on? Like, what did I do to these women? Because they just don't really like me for real. And I ain't really do nothing but show up. I ain't do nothing but show up and try to get closer to God, but I'm getting shut out for whatever reason. So I think that's really important for us, those of you guys who are listening, to make sure that we're creating those safe spaces. We're creating those communities we're showing our humanity and we're also giving people practical things that they can apply so that they can grow and things like that outside of, like I said, whatever space that we create. Mm -hmm. So for you, you even started a ministry very young. So tell me about that. How did that come about? All right. I have two ministries, but I'm going to talk about the one that I first started So I started that in the summer of 2017 after my sophomore year in high school. And I called it Reach Youth Ministry. Right now it's called Reach Worldwide. God had a whole entire name change. But at the time it was called Reach Youth Ministry. And Reach's vision is to reach young people through intimate gatherings and community outreach, driving the movement to break generational 
stereotypes and shift the status quo of the true essence of a young follower of Christ. And that is what we do. There are two components to the ministry. What they're called is inReach and outreach. So inReach is the coin name for our intimate gatherings that we have on a weekly basis. And that is where students are really poured into. And that is where we grow as a community. That's where we pray together. That's where we talk about real things. That's where we study the word together. Outreach is where we take what we do in the intimate gatherings and share it with the world because there's no use in growing and doing all these things and God and just keeping it balled up for ourselves. Like, nah, we need to spread it to the world. And that's what God has called us to do. So that's that ministry. And it came about from me being in church and I was at uh, another church other than my own and I was just looking around at the youth. I was pretty bored myself. Okay. But (laughs) I was pretty bored myself. And at this point, I have a relationship with God. You know, I'm on fire for God and I'm sitting here bored in church. So I knew it wasn't me just not being engaged. And so I was also looking around at the other youth who were in church and they looked so dead. I can't explain. They They just looked so dead. Some of them were on their phones. Some of them were just, they're blank. They just look so out of it. And I could understand why. And I was like, dang, God, like, somebody needs to do something about this. I remember thinking that in my head. And I remember hearing him tell me to do something about it. <laughs> and I was like, do what, God? Like, what am I, what am I supposed to do? I'm just a faith, you know? And so he ended up downloading to me that whole entire service. I wasn't even listening to the the sermon at this point. Like I, God just took over my mind. It was just downloading so many things about a ministry that he wanted me to start from my house. It was going to be really intimate and I was going to lead it. I was going to be the main speaker, but I could also bring in guest speakers. And he just showed me the whole vision for the ministry at the time. I couldn't stop thinking about it. And that's how I knew it was the God idea because I could not stop thinking about it. It was just this excitement that I've never felt before. And I started it that summer and we have been going strong ever since and we're still running to this day. So, yeah. That's so amazing because it's a lot of people who were called young. I felt like I was called young and I still have done things at a young age, but I know that God was calling me sooner, but I was, as I say, out in these streets and wasn't able to stick with it when I first recognized the call in my teenage years. And I know that there are a lot of people who are listening, who are young and who are called, who may feel I'm too young to do this. Who am I to do this? I'm just a high schooler. I'm just Mm -hmm. this. Well, I'm not going to assume. Were those some feelings that you had? And if so, how did you navigate them to be able to walk in that obedience to start in the ministry? One of the hardest things actually that I went through was accepting the fact that I was called at such a young age because it was really hard still being in high school. You know, I'm still a high school student. I also struggled a lot in high school because I have what's called slow processing and ADHD. So it would take me like twice as long, sometimes three times as long to get my work done to study. So I'm consumed with all that and just the stresses of being high school and also just navigating this being not only the founder, but directing a ministry and not having a mentor 
who could show me the way, you know? It had to be like that because I am pioneering something and I'm doing something that I've never seen before. And God didn't want anybody kind of just like polluting the vision, polluting their ideas and their systems and all these things into the ministry. So I now see that. But at the time, I didn't see that. And I was legit sitting <laughs> over there back then, like salty. I didn't have any youth pastors mentoring me, salty that people weren't able to see me or understand me. But the thing is, even though I felt all those things, one thing about me was I had my moments of breaking down. I had my seasons of depression, seasons of being like, what is it? Seasons of going through the fire. But no matter what, I kept walking. I kept staying the course. And I think that's where a lot of us mess up is life hits us hard, but we let it stop us, mm-hmm. you know? And that's the main thing I would tell people who are called at a young age is that you can do it. I'm a living testimony and a living witness and the fruit of my life right now shows people that when you say the course, you're going to be good. And God is going to elevate you to a place where you never thought you could be, where you never thought your ministry could be, but you have to say the course. You cannot give up. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Mental health is so, so important, especially with everything that's going on in the world, getting used to this new normal, and then going to have to, of course, transition into something else as the world changes. It can be very mentally taxing to us as individuals. And so our mental health is just so important that we really take control of it right now. And we really take an active approach on making sure that we're mentally well. Counseling is here for you. BetterHelp is the world's largest e-counseling platform. So for me, with my busy schedule, it's sometimes really hard to research and make appointments with in-person counselors. So I need something that's very, very convenient and something that will easily integrate into my lifestyle. And I find myself sometimes, honestly, not even going to counseling at all because it's not typically offered at that level of convenience that I need. But with BetterHelp, they will connect you with a professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. It is super convenient, you guys. You can now get help on your own time and at your own pace. Also, BetterHelp is available worldwide. So no matter where you are on the globe, BetterHelp is available for you. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. Anything that you share is totally confidential. And on top of all of that, you can start communicating with your therapist in under 24 hours. So if you need to talk to somebody ASAP, BetterHelp will get you with someone in under 24 hours. And best of all, it's truly an affordable option. And on top of it being affordable already, Blessed and Bossed Up listeners get 10% off your first month with discount code BLESSED. So why not get started today, you guys? Go to betterhelp.com slash blessed. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and you get matched with a counselor that you'll love. That's betterhelp.com slash blessed. Let's get back to the show. One thing I love about your story, what I know so far about it, is just your commitment to just seeing through the things that God tells you to do. And I think that that obedience in and of itself is going to speak volumes for those that you're called to, because you're not just somebody who is preaching them to death. Like you're actually doing the things. 
And another part of your story that really blew me away, and I, I think we've talked about it, but not in too much detail, was when you graduated, when I saw you at the tour, which was in June, July, one of them? Yeah. I think it was July. Yeah. You were getting ready to go to college. Mm-hmm. And when I saw you at the retreat in November, I was like, oh, how school, you know? And you were like, yeah, so God told me to leave and I'm leaving. And I was like, oh, okay. But I remember thinking in my head, like, wow, that must have been a really tough decision because when you're that age, that's the thing. You go to college. And so for you to say I'm dropping out because that's what God called me to do, I'm Mm -hmm. sure even the people of faith in your life was like, hold on, we're not sure that God told you to do that. You need to finish school or whatever, because that is the society thing that we're taught to do so tell us about that decision like you said there were a lot of people and the thing about it is it was mainly people of faith people who did have a relationship with God telling me that you know faith I think you need to rethink this I think you need to finish school I had people tell me that God wouldn't tell me this because God told me that the time is now, that he wanted me to leave now. My people tell me that God wouldn't tell you that the time is now. Stuff like this, like countering every single thing that God was showing me. And that was hard. It didn't really hit my faith because at this point, my faith in God and the things that he's telling me to do was pretty solid because he had me step out on faith a lot of times before this that led up to this huge leap. I was confident in what God was calling me to do and confident in what God was telling me. It was just really kind of disheartening and discouraging that there were so many people in my life, especially people I was close to and people of faith who were telling me to do something different and not seeing me. And now people are supportive. They're more supportive now that they see the fruit of what's going on and seeing what God is doing in my life, there's a lot of amazing things that he did after I was obedient and after I took that leap of faith. But before then, no one could really see what God showed me. So emotionally, though, how did you navigate that? Because I'm Ooh. sure it was stressful. Yes. Emotionally. Okay. <laughs> it's so funny because God gave me the word that I had to leave school the very first day of homecoming week. At my school. And I went to an HBCU. Uh, yeah, I'm about to say, I know that was a week. Yeah. At HBCU. <laughs> that was weird. That was crazy because I'm sitting here and it's homecoming week and everybody's like screaming, Hampton, yeah, woo-woo. all the alumni are coming back. And it was just a lot emotionally because I'm looking at all the alumni and they're like talking to me and they're like, oh, you're like in Hampton. And I'm like, it's going great. Love that. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, I'm about to leave though. It was just a lot. I remember I had a professor. The morning after God told me that I had to leave, tell me why. He starts going into a lecture during class and he's talking about how becoming a Hamptonian, I'm paraphrasing what he said, but how becoming a Hamptonian, that's what they call people who graduate from there. Becoming that is your main goal. And when you look at people who, you know, they dropped out, they didn't finish, and the people who actually did finish, and you look at where they are in life and where the people who actually graduated are in life, it doesn't compare and all this stuff. And I'm sitting here like, dang, okay, ouch. Like, wow. And it's so ironic that he went into this like random lecture the really the night after 
I made the decision like, okay, this is what I got to do. And it was that whole week. It was a lot emotionally and I didn't tell anybody, but like I said before, despite all the emotions, despite the negative feelings, despite the confusion at times, I knew what I had to do. So that's how I kind of navigated that as well. Just remembering and reminding myself like, okay, this is going to pay off. Okay. You've seen how God has come through for you before when you stepped out on faith and how what was on the other side was just completely mind blowing. This is going to be the same thing, faith. You have to do this. You have to do this. You can do this. This is going to be the greatest move of your life. I just had to keep reminding myself of that during the low times. I really love that you talked about the professor the day after God gave you the word because I was just chuckling in my head as you Mm -hmm. said that because that's how the enemy works, right? When God gives you a word, he comes to try to take it, try to distort it, try to manipulate it so that you wouldn't listen. And so a lot of people, when that happens, Mm -hmm. they will say, oh, this is a sign that I need to stay. Oh, this is a sign that maybe I didn't hear God correctly. It was there specifically to create confusion and mm-hmm. to get you to turn back on your decision. And I'm glad that you didn't, but I want to harp on that for a second and ask, like, how were you able to discern that, oh, this is not of God. I'm going to continue what God told me to do because a lot of people aren't able to do that. So I really do want you to touch on that. A main theme in my life in general, is to remember what God said. Mm -hmm. Write it down (laughs) if you need to. But remember what God said. Remember what God showed you. And if anything after that, whatever somebody says, if it conflicts with what God said, that is not God. And I also knew how the enemy works. I knew that he comes to kill, steal, and destroy Mm-hmm. And it would come hard once I got this word from God because he did not want me to reach the place where I'm at now, where I am, where I need to be. So, yeah, I just saw this typical, like, <laughs> yeah, typical Satan stuff. It was actually really funny. I was like, wow, mm-hmm. you really did try it. And also, in the back of my mind, I always knew what I needed to do. But, you know, sometimes you try to like, okay, like, hmm. Do I really have to drop out of school though? Like, could yeah. I just make a little compromise? I remember at the end of that week, I don't really ask God for signs because at this point, I know when God is speaking to me, but with something as big as this, I was like, okay, God, I'm gonna need like one little sign. Like, one little sign, God, please, to make my spirit feel a little bit better in that peace. So, legit, that week, I met up with my advisor to schedule my classes for next semester and something tells me to ask him about the program that I came to the school for like how to what how does it work things like that with the scheduling and this man tells me that they got rid of the program wow they got rid of my entire program that I came to the school for the past summer and I did not even know and after that I was like okay God okay Thanks for that. Thanks for that confirmation. That's great. Love that. And I was like, okay, I know what I got to do. Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) That's hilarious. So then what happened after that? Because I know around that time, that's when you came to the retreat. And I know you have a lot of amazing things going on right now. So now that you've been obedient, you took the leap, you left. 
what have you been doing since then? Right now, I am in the place of preparing for increase. So I am putting all of the systems in place, putting all the organizational structures in place, trying to for the ministry, for my ministry, for just different different things I'm working on. I'm working on a book. I'm working on my podcast that's going to release very soon. By the time this episode comes out, it's probably going to be released. And just all the different things that I do, my second ministry, I'm navigating how to manage all of this in excellence, how to be better executive. I'm learning about project management. I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> like somebody should have told me about project management in high school. I don't know why we didn't learn that, but I'm learning about what that is through Courtney Sanders and breaking off bad habits that I had before and building new habits and just really in this uncomfortable space, but I'm completely at peace and I'm comfortable with being uncomfortable because I understand that this is something that I've never experienced before. This is something that I am figuring out, you know, and it's just a, a lot of different factors, but that's what I'm doing right now. I also have a job. I have that job so I can invest into my businesses, invest into my ministries. And that's what life has been looking like after leaving college. Yeah. Man, I'm just so proud of you. Like, you. I've been smiling for the last 30 minutes. <laughs> I am so, so proud of you. So tell us about the podcast. You know, I get excited about the podcast. Yeah. Before we go, tell us about the podcast, what it is, why you started it, and all like this. Yes. Okay. The name of my podcast is called the Supernatural Hustler Podcast. The main premise of that podcast is it is for Generation Z. It is a show to fuel Generation Z, but it's to talk about living a supernatural lifestyle. To define what the supernatural hustler is, a supernatural hustler applies the get it by any means mentality toward living by God's supernatural standard in all areas of their lives. That is what the show is about. And this is something that I know is needed for my generation because there's a lot of other people out there like me and we're searching for somebody that will speak to us on that level. Somebody who will give us the real about who God is and what happens when you live a supernatural lifestyle and also being practical, breaking down prayer, breaking down reading the word, breaking down fasting, talking about real things. A lot of people talk to us about all these spiritual practices, but not really saying, okay, how do you actually fast? What really is fasting? Like we need things broken down and also seeing the fruit of things. So that's what that show is for. And I'm really excited about that. That's awesome. So by the time this comes out, the show would have launched already. I can't say enough how proud I am of you. I'm just happy to be like, oh, I know her. Okay. I'm happy to be like, oh yeah, she came to our retreat. She's one of the people who we helped develop her show. Like I'm just proud that God trusted me to be a part of someone as special as you 
And I know one thing that your name is not Faith for no reason, child. Like they, your parents knew what they were doing when they named you Faith. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just still stuck. I told you, like every time I talk to you, I'm just stuck because you are just such a powerhouse, such a gem, such a necessary force in this world. And I know as a young person that that isn't easy. You know what I mean? And in today's world, that's not easy, no matter what age you are. So for you to be so committed to God, for you to make the tough decisions for God and to just bear the rejection and the backlash and whatever that comes with it in order to be obedient is something that should be applauded. And that's why I'm going to take the time to give you your roses while I can, because I feel like people like you have to be built up. You have to be given platforms because there are so many people like you who are young, who are feeling the tug, but they don't know who they could look to. And that's why it was so important for me to have this series. Cause I started this show as a regular person, no platform, no celebrity status, no nothing, but because the show is what it is now people could look and be like, Oh, well she has this platform, but like, nah, it didn't start off that way. And so I want to be responsible And to have people like you on the show, because if I could go through everything I went through to get here and I could have you share my platform with somebody like you and Mm -hmm. send the masses to you so that you don't have to go through a lot of the things that I did, then Mm -hmm. that's what this is all about. Like, what's good is leadership if you're not creating more leaders, if you're just creating followers. I just want to just tell you just how proud I am of you. I just want to, of course, extend myself. I've been gave you my number, but mm-hmm. just continue to extend myself to you as a resource, as a big sister or whatever, and just encourage you to please don't ever stop. Please don't ever stop obeying God because you're so, so, so necessary. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it so, so, so much. And I'm just excited for what's to come. I'm really grateful that you've given me the platform. And I'm excited for the kingdom and excited for what god is doing yeah absolutely okay y'all well that ends this episode of the blessed and bossed up podcast i'm going to put the link to faith's podcast her social media her ministries all of those good things so that you guys can go and donate to her ministry send some money over there y'all y'all hear what she's doing send some money over there listen to the podcast follow her on social media and all of that good stuff and that's it i'll talk to you guys next week